Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet as we prepare to worship the Lord together and celebrate this amazing milestone in the life cycle of Converge Church. Come on. Come on. Listen. Listen. I got a whole lot of things to say, uh, but Pastor Wendy, why don't you greet the people and uh, just share what's on your heart this morning. I'm about to jump off this stage, y'all. I don't know about you, but I'm about to jump off this stage. And you have every reason to jump. Good morning. Thank you for being here live and in person. And we welcome those of you who are joining us on stage. We can keep all of that music and hype going. But those of you who are wondering, are we always this excited to serve Jesus? Absolutely. But today we serve him and worship him in a special way. Because on Thursday, September 1st, we close on 1611th Wilmoth Road. And it is now the new home of Converge Church. So we are very excited. Isaiah 25 and 1 says, Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, hmm, you have done wonderful things. Things planned long ago. Jeremiah 29, 11, I was telling our team this morning, that in 1989, in the height of the Civil War, my husband, your pastor, was laying under a kitchen table in the fetal position, not knowing if he would make it out of the Civil War. He was living in a three-bedroom house with 35, with 33 people, only having a handful of rice at 12 noon. While he was crying under that table, thinking his life was over, somebody in that house slipped him a gospel track. In that track said, Jeremiah 29 11. God declared to him in October 6, 1989, I have plans for you, Ray Harmon, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. For 25 years, I have watched your pastor giving and and building funds. For 25 years, I have watched your pastor, my husband, walk the floors. For 25 years, I have seen him trust God like never before. So we will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in our mouth. My soul shall make us boast in the Lord. The humble will see this building and say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So we welcome you. We will be unapologetic about our praise today. Because if you only knew, had it not been for the Lord on on our side, we would not be here. So we give honor and praise to Preston Trail for being integral and allowing us to buy this building. But we give all glory to God, who always causes us to triumph in good things. So we're going to praise him today. I have watched you for 25 years. Trust him. I have watched you for 25 years. Believe. I have watched you for 25 years. So, and I stand today as your wife, as your sister, as your partner saying, oh, he did that. He did that. He did it. But so did you. So did you. So did I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud that the day I met you, you still been that same man. I'm so proud of your growth. I'm so proud of your faith. I'm so proud to be your partner. I'm so proud of the God that you serve that I get to serve right alongside with you. I'm so proud that you never gave up. I'm so proud that you kept praise on your lips. I'm so proud that you have kept me. I'm so proud you keep 
trusted the Lord. I'm so proud of you, Wilmot, Lafayette, Harmon, Jr. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud that the God you serve is my God. I'm so glad you taught me to sow. I'm so glad you wouldn't never let me give up. I'm so glad you taught me to keep my words before me. He did it. He did it. Yes, he did. I've been watching it for 25 years when you were sitting on the third row at Rama, writing $5 checks because that's all you had to building funds. I saw it. I saw it. I trust God in a different way because I've seen you trust him. I've seen you trust him. I've seen you trust him. And oh, I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to God. I don't even deserve you. And I'm grateful to God for you. I'm grateful to God for you. In the hard times you stayed in. In the hard times you got wise counsel. In the hard times you stayed humble. In the hard times you trusted even when I didn't believe and you were trusted all by yourself. Woman Lafayette, he did it. He did it, but so did you. this listen to me none of this would not would have been possible without pastor Wendy's strength without your courage without you standing by me every single step of the way not just in the good times but even in the bad times when I had very little to show for why you should even continue to trust me for why you should even continue to follow me you hung in there and God's been faithful. God's been faithful. This miracle belongs to you. This miracle belongs to you. This miracle belongs to you. And let me say this to you as well, Converge Church. This miracle is our collective miracle. It belongs to you as well. If you ever prayed, if you ever sold, if you ever served, if you ever showed up when everyone else was walking away, this miracle is for you. And I want you to remain standing because in a moment we're going to, to take some time to give thanks to our faithful Ephesians 3.20 God. The God who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we could ever ask or imagine. Because right now, as you look at the lights and the, and the brick and the mortar, you are standing in a notable miracle. In fact, there was the prayer we started to pray uh, several years ago and say, God, you know we need a building? 
but it's going to have to be a miracle. And the word the Lord gave us was from Acts chapter 4 and verse 16. And in Acts chapter 4 verse 16, the scripture says that a notable miracle has been done for these men is evident to all and it is undeniable. I want you to hear that. What God has done for us, what God has done for you, what God has done for our church is a notable miracle that is evident to all and it is undeniable. Listen, I got to take my time with this. Some of you, for some of you, right where you are, there should be a bookmark in the back pocket of the seat. There should be a bookmark in the back pocket of the seat. And it is a uh, 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 strategic prayer points that we've prayed for a number of years. All righty. Let me borrow one from someone. Okay, let me borrow that from Perry. Pastor Wendy shared that uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in Bible college, not only was I a faithful giver, a good steward over what I had, and it wasn't a lot. When she met me, I was making a measly $7 an hour. Somebody said, that's good money. And because I was going to school full-time, I could only work part-time and I worked on the campus of Rhema, and I worked on the Christmas light crew. Because one of the biggest things we did at Rhema was the outreach to the city of over a million lights, and we would string lights around trees and around bushes and around the building. Listen, I don't know about you, man, but I'm excited about what God's going to do through our church come Christmas time. We, I, listen, this is one of the things I'm believing God for, that that field right next door Two-thirds of it is ours. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. I said two-thirds of the field next door is ours. That one of the things we'll get to do is to transform that field into a winter wonderland. And that McKinney will descend upon that what's an open field now. And as they walk through lights and ornaments, they will sense the presence of God. And they will encounter Emmanuel. God with us. But I digress. I was a student in Bible college, and whenever I could, the Lord would prompt me to sow into building funds. Sometimes $5, sometimes $1, sometimes $10. And I would always pray, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Deuteronomy chapter 6 says that God will give us houses we didn't build. Wells we didn't dig and vineyards we didn't plant. This is as a Bible college student in the 90s. When this building came on the market, they weren't just selling the building, but they were selling the building with everything in it. Every chair, every piece of equipment, every instrument, every light, all the furniture in the lobby. Houses we didn't build. And you heard me say it before, sometimes the fulfillment of the promise is not immediate, but it is inevitable. If God said it, he will surely do it. And when we said, God, give us a house that we didn't build, God did it. So here it is. I want you to pull out this card because a few years ago, this is what we prayed concerning facilities. 
We said, God, number one, we want this place that we will call home to be strategically located. We thought it would be somewhere over in the shops of Legacy because we used to meet at the Angelica Theater right there, man, strategically located. There's the tollway. There's 121. No matter where you live, you could get there quickly. And the Lord moved us 17 miles east. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? But I discovered that simple steps of obedience always cause us to intersect the blessings of God. One step of obedience at a time. And this is what I've learned about faith, Perry. When it comes to faith, understanding can wait. Obedience can't. And so when the Lord said, move 17 miles east, it made sense to my mind, but we obeyed. Little did we know that all around us, right here at 1611 Wilmoth Road, there's a city called Melissa that's exploding. There's a city called Anna that's exploding. There's a city called Princeton that's exploding. There's a city called uh, uh, New Hope that's exploding. It wasn't by accident that God has placed us here because we are strategically located. Y'all ready for this? And what did that mean for us? Two things. Highly visible. People will be able to see us. And then number two, easily accessible. People will be able to get to us quickly and effortlessly. We're off of 75 and Wilmoth, just north of 380. God answered that prayer. Uh, The second prayer we prayed is that the facility that God would bless us with would be large enough for our current and future needs. Hmm? Y'all see all these empty chairs? These empty seats? They represent the people who are yet to come. We thank God for our current needs that we are meeting, but we've got enough room, 26,000 square feet, (laughs) fully furnished, fully equipped Mm -hmm. for the ones God will send. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, the third and final prayer. And Ben, I just got to, y'all just got to get excited with me on this one. Worship team, y'all got to get real excited with me on this one. Because the third prayer we prayed (laughs) was that the building God would bless us with (laughs) would be affordably priced. Look, look at the card. I ain't making this up. Affordably priced or what? You're not reading the card. Affordably priced or? Affordably priced or free. As of September 1st, this building is paid in full. I said paid in full. No mortgage. No debt. We don't owe nobody. We don't owe nobody. For 26,000 square feet. Plus all the land next door. We don't owe nobody. Nothing. You know why? We ask God to do a notable miracle that would be evident to everybody and that it would be undeniable. We are standing. Listen to me. Take it out. Take it out. Take it out. We are standing in a building that is fully furnished, fully equipped with land next door 
26,000 square feet in what economists are calling a recession. And this building, where your feet are standing, listen to what I'm saying. Paid in full. Listen to me. When Preston Trail listed this building, I want you to hear the magnitude of this miracle. They listed it for $7.5 million. <clears throat> At the beginning of the year, the Lord said, Ray, go Luke, go read Luke chapter 5. And it's the story of Peter. Having toiled all night, you put in the work, you pray, you cry, you pace the floor year after year. And every time you pull your net out the water, it comes out empty. Come on. But on January 1st, on. the Lord said, go and read Luke chapter 5. And he put, took me to the verse where Peter said, Master, I have toiled all night. I've given this thing everything I know to give it. Nevertheless, because you are in the boat and because you said so, I will let down my net in the places where I came up empty. And you are standing. Listen. There were so many churches bidding on this facility that the price quickly jumped from 7.5 to an astronomical number. In fact, when we started to talk to the broker, he said, Ray, let me just help you calculate this. The way mortgages work on properties like this, it's $6,000 per million you borrow. So if you borrow $7 million, your mortgage every month is going to be $42,000. Not for salaries, not for stipends, not for your landscaping, your housekeeping. Every single month, you're going to have a bill of $42,000 due. Looked at our account, profit and loss statements. Looked at our giving, uh, our giving units. Said this is impossible. I want you to hear what I'm saying. This is impossible. There's no way any bank in their right mind can do this. Somebody say, but God. One of the lessons that I've learned. Listen to me. When I talk about a notable miracle, it will be evident to all. There are pastors calling. They don't call me. They've been calling pastors that I know. Now, who is this Ray Harmon dude? Now, where did this converged church come from? Here's the other question. How many they running? Because their question is, in order for this to happen, surely they got to be a mega church. Listen to me. Banks said ain't no way. But every single day, we prayed this prayer affordably priced or free we're going to worship here in a minute I promise you but listen to me
one day of favor. Just one day. Y'all listen to what I'm saying? One day of favor is worth a lifetime of labor. And what I've discovered about favor is you don't need everybody liking you. You just need the right one liking you. Listen to me. Listen to me. Y'all ain't ready for what I got to say. I got I to gotta, I gotta say the rest of it next week. But in one day, somebody said, take your time, Pastor. Come on. In one day, one day, when the bank said it was impossible, when we couldn't lift on our own, God sent somebody to spot us. And in one day, listen to me, in one day, after every, every single penny had been transferred, the balance that was left, I ain't going to tell you the number. It's too big. Can I tell you the number? The bidding was so fierce that this thing jumped from 7.5 to 9. Based on the fact that to build a building like this and to furnish it today will cost even more than $9 million. So that morning I woke up freaking out and, I, and the Lord said, Ray, just keep swimming. Come on, how many of you realize God can speak to you through finding Nemo? Just keep swimming. In one day, one man wired nine. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Nine million. Y'all not listening to what I'm saying. Nine million dollars. I ain't say one million. Nine. Listen, you don't need everybody liking you. You just need to find favor with one. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The one. You are standing in a nine million dollar miracle called Converge Church. We had a consulting team walk in and they started to look at the, the equipment and said, hold up, man. That soundboard in the back, Justin Timberlake tours using that soundboard. The speakers, the cluster that's hanging from here are Meyer speakers that people use professionally. All the sound equipment, the black magic cameras, state of the art, top of the notch, earthy. And guess what? Along with the matching security system. Security system. Yes. The whole nine. Yes. Listen to me. And we ain't got to pay nobody back.
God like Jehovah. There's no 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 God. Come on, there's no. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 There's no God like There's no God like There's no God like There's no God like
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. I see you move. I'll see you, come on. I'll see you move, I'll see you move. You move a mountain, and I believe I'll see you, I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe I'll see you, I'll see you do it again. laid in the midnight hour. And so in this atmosphere, we're going to prepare to take communion, Holy Communion. If you do not have your elements, just raise your hand and one of our ushers or greeters will get the elements to you. Communion is not a time for us to think about, oh Lord, I've been so bad, forgive me. No, 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 no. It's an invitation to come and sit with God. And as you have heard us praising the Lord all this morning about the miracle he's done for us and for you, what is it that you need in your personal life? As you come to the table, God is saying come to the table, and Jesus sat with the disciples on that the day of the Last Supper, the night of the Last Supper, and he broke the bread, which represented his broken body for us. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. So right now is not a time, I know some of us have been erroneously taught when we were coming up in church, it's a time to repent and get right from God and you don't want to take the communion and, oh, no, it's not that. It's for us to remember, oh, Jesus, you have been so good. I didn't deserve your sacrifice, but you did it. It's for us to remember, oh, what he has done for others, he will do for me. 
Just think about a holiday table when you sit down with family and friends and you're eating and you're having a good time. Isn't that a time that you share? Isn't that a time that you bear all? So that is this time right now. Jesus has invited you to the table and we're remembering him. I want you to remember that he does love you. I want you to remember that he is available to you. I want you to remember that no matter what your circumstance looks like right now, that God will be faithful. I want you to remember that this place is not our home, that we're passing through and one day we'll be with him. And I want you to remember that that faith that you started off with, it's still there and it's growing. And I want you to remember that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so, Lord Jesus, we come to you right now and we just say thank you. Thank you that you are Savior who is not far from us. Thank you for your sacrifice. And, Lord, as we take this bread, we remember your broken body and we say thank you. Thank you for staying true to your word and true to your mission in spite of it all. We thank you. Let us eat together. Then Jesus offered up the cup to the disciples as a representation of the blood and the water that he would shed for the remission of our sins. Because Jesus went to the cross, we can go to the throne and we can place a demand on his great love for us. And so even though it seemed like such a horrific and tragic incident, it was because of that sacrifice that we can be here today. It is because of that sacrifice that all things are available, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's restoration of relationships. Because of that blood and water, it is available. So Lord Jesus, we thank you again for the shedding of the blood. And as we take this cup, we remember that we have access to your throne. And we will be courageous to come boldly before your throne because there we will obtain mercy to help us in our time of need. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us drink together. Lord, we seal this time with our faith. And as you've given us reason to celebrate with or without a building, we just celebrate a little extra. We just say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your great love. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you. Thank you that we can depend on you. Lord, we ask that you just remain here. Even though we have brought the service down a little bit, we still offer everything that we're doing up as a sacrifice of praise. And Lord, we do acknowledge that if you never did another thing for us, you've done so much up to this point that you are still worthy of all of our praise, of all of our adoration, of all of our love because of what you've done so far we trust you to do more we love you so much Jesus it is in your precious name that we pray let us continue to worship together amen
comes the glory of the Lord. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Sweeping in the room. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Come on, sing. Here comes the glory of the Lord. Sweeping. Sweeping in.
Lord Jesus, we thank you that before we open our mouths to pray, you hear us. And while we are speaking, you are answering us. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness. And I know we keep saying the same thing over and over as we are approaching you this morning. But we just can't cease in thanking you. We just can't thank you enough. And Lord, as we continue on in worship, Lord, we ask that the revelation of your Holy Spirit still speak. And Lord, we're just not excited about the things you have done. We are excited about who you are and because of who you are, the things that you have done and are doing are marvelous in our sight. Lord, I am reminded of the prophet Jeremiah when he came to you and he said, do you not see me, oh God? He said, I did not sit with those who, who, who just spoke foolishly. He said, when your word came to me, I ate those words. And Lord, because you didn't move on Jeremiah's timeline, he said to you, will you be an unreliable brook that fails? And Lord, from that time to this, you have never failed. And just like you told Jeremiah, if you speak words that are worthy and not worthless, I will redeem you. And Lord, we're living in that thing right now. That as your word put in our mouth, we have spoken. You have been faithful. Thank you for blowing our minds. Thank you for doing it again. Thank you for moving on the hearts of men. Thank you for every prayer. Thank you for every no. Thank you for every tear. Thank you for the times we doubted. Oh, God, it makes this time so sweet. Every time we said, did you really call us? And you kept saying yes. Every time we said, do you really want us to do this? And, Lord, you said yes. your glory is filling the room and we ask that your glory fill our hearts Lord that we don't leave this excitement that we don't leave the declarations right here in 1611 Lord but we take it to our jobs we implement it in the businesses that we have in our hearts that we put the same kind of faith uh, toward our provision that we take it in our schools Lord, just like you, you're doing a new thing in the earth, do a new thing in our hearts to never cease believing because before we open our mouths to pray, you hear us. And while we are speaking, oh God, you are answering us. We love you. You've been so good. We commit this service to you and we just say, have your way. This is more of your day than it is ours. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice to be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, I thank you that I'm right, that I'm sharp, that I'm smart, that I'm quick, that I'm healed, that I'm wise, that I'm good looking, and I'm edge 
good works that were prepared in advance for us to do. It is in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. seat <laughs> optional optional stay standing if you'd like <laughs> good morning well we are so so obviously beyond happy for a lot of things but also for you joining us this morning uh, for those in person and online welcome if it is your first time well wow what a great day for you to have joined us in our home, in our building here at Converge Church, welcome. If so, we have our own little welcome center outside in the lobby. Please stop by it. Um, you can fill out some of your information just so we can stay connected with you. Make sure you know what's going on here at Converge Church. So uh, please check in with us after. We have some uh, fun treats as well. Um, as you may have noticed, a lot of us are in some Hawaiian summer gear. Uh, thank you for participating with us on our last for the summer, last Sunday fun day, um, kind of saying farewell to summer with our, our luau gear and summer clothes. So we will have some treats after service, so join us for that as well. If you're not already, please be sure to follow us on social media. We are at We Are Converge on several of the different handles, um, except for TikTok. It's at uh, Converge Church. Um, that is ways to stay connected with the events going on. If you forgot your luau stuff, it'll give you reminders um, in advance of what's going on the following week. Also going into a little bit of change of season, we have some cool Converge merch out of our merch table and, um, and online, so make sure that you get those orders in. We've got some awesome of the blackout um, hoodies and sweatshirts, um, notebooks, cups, tumblers, all the things, so make sure to get your Converge merch. And last but not least on upcoming events, September 18th, make note of that, September 18th is back to church, right? We've settled in from uh, being off schedule this summer. Um, kids are back to school, everyone's getting started in sports. Now that things have kind of settled back in, we'd like to, um, to encourage you to get back to church, get back in the rhythm. So come bring a friend, get them back in the rhythm of going to church now that they're, they're maybe work year, school year has settled. So September 18th, bring a friend. We would love to see some of these open seats filled. They are ours to fill, so let's fill them. So September 18th, make note of that. Bring your friends, say hey, Come see our new church building. Come check it out. So bring them again, September 18th. Thank you so much, Cassie. And family, as we move into the Blessed Life segment of our worship experience, this is our opportunity to help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us here at Converge. In case you missed it for the past 45 minutes or so, God is doing something right here, and we want to sow into the good ground that is Converge Church. So if you would like to partner with us financially, we have multiple ways that you can do that. We have our ushers in the aisles with envelopes. There are envelopes on the back of your seats in front of you. Just raise your hand if you need that or an ink pen and please fill out those details in its entirety. That is so that we can properly record and account for your giving. You can also give online safely and securely by visiting us at weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can give via Zelle. You can give via text by texting Converge Give along with the dollar amount to 77977. We have about six ways that you can give. All that information should be available on the screens for you. We appreciate 
appreciate everything that you guys are doing to help sow into Converge Church, to help make life-giving ministry happen right here so that we can continue to do everything that God has called us to. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. And we've used that word a lot today, but that is all that we have. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you that you are our miracle-working God. We thank you that you have done a notable miracle. We thank you, Father God, that you are our source and that you make provision so that we can sow into your kingdom. Father, we love you. We appreciate you, and we thank you for every gift sown into Converge Church. We thank you for those, God, that may desire to do it but are unable to just yet. God, and I say just yet, we love you, we appreciate you, we seal this prayer in the name above all names, the name unlike any other, the name of our Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ, amen. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Well, good morning again, Converge Nation, Converge live in person and Converge online. We're so honored that you chose to make uh, Converge Church a part of your Labor Day worship experience. I don't know if you were here right at 10 o'clock, but listen, we had a praise party. I'm still recovering from it, celebrating the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God in our paid in full building. Paid in full. Let, let, let me try that again. For those, that, yeah, 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 yeah. For our paid in full building. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. I want to give honor to whom honor is due this morning. Uh, and our special guest, uh, that is uh, 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 Pastor Kevin LeVar. Thank you so much uh, for leading us in worship this morning. Uh, it's an honor to have you with us, uh, uh, Pastor Kevin, uh, pastors in the great city of Frisco. And uh, man, we were so honored uh, that he accepted our invitation to be with us this morning. The good news is, the good news is, Pastor Kevin will be with us again next Sunday, celebrating the faithfulness of God. And uh, again, uh, we're so honored, man. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we are, I guess, acquaintances, but I trust that God will make us good friends. 
uh, in, the, in the months and the years to come. Amen. We're honored that you are here this morning. We're so glad that you, you are here this morning. I would be remiss. I would be remiss if I did not show love to some very special guests in the house who surprised me this morning. Come on, somebody. But my beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, adorable mother in love is in the house. The incomparable, divine. See, that's how you work the in-law relationship right there. The incomparable, divine Georgia plant is in the house. And uh, yeah, 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 let's show her some love. Yeah, let's show her some love. And then also, also, the amazing, the amazing, the incomparable. Come on, somebody. The beautiful and single, y'all. Come on, somebody. Huh? With good credit. Uh, and talented producer of her own show, Women of Candor. Uh, my sister in love, Sydney Plant, is in the house. Everybody show your love for Sydney. Amen. We're honored that you are here this morning. Praise the Lord. All right. Eesh. How do the kids say it now? All the feels. I don't even know where to start. Eesh. We serve a good God, a faithful God. He's true to his word and faithful to his people. Uh, yeah, so if, if I don't make it through my sermon today, you know why, and I think that'll be all right. If we, if we left right now, uh, God would have done more than enough uh, in the hearts and lives of his people uh, today. Uh, my assignment, my assignment today is uh, to close out our current sermon series, uh, God on Film. And for those who are new to Converge Church, you might be wondering why God on Film. Uh, we're just sort of fast-forwarding or bringing a principle that Jesus used in his teaching ministry forward into the 21st century. Matthew chapter 13 reminds us that without a parable, Jesus spoke nothing to them, meaning Jesus used culturally relevant metaphors, analogies, examples to help communicate profound spiritual truths. Uh, we use pop culture, uh, and one of the ways we use pop culture to communicate these spiritual truths, not as a replacement for, but for clarity, is movies. So it's just one of our traditions during the summer. In the month of August, we have what we call Sunday fun days, and I think most of you came in and you got a lay because today is farewell to summer. Uh, Sunday, uh, but also in the month of August, we have our God on Film series, and it's typically when uh, we have different ones who are communicators, teachers here at our church, share a message, uh, a profound spiritual truth using culturally relevant uh, uh, tools, such as movies. Uh, today, uh, I'll close out the series uh, with a message that I think will resonate with many, and uh, the movie I'm going to to use to communicate a profound spiritual truth. And it, I'm going to pick up where I left off when I did uh, Finding Nemo Just Keeps Swimming. I'm going to communicate some thoughts around uh, this spiritual principle, uh, faith and patience. The miracle that we have experienced as a church is a direct result of the fact that faith does not exist in isolation. As you study scripture, you will see faith without works is dead. That means faith must work 
in tandem with our actions. You read Romans chapter 4, and it talks about faith and thanksgiving, that they go hand in hand. And we discovered a few weeks ago in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 that we ought to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And so today we're going to revisit that idea that just believing sometimes is not sufficient. Sometimes our faith requires perseverance. Because sometimes our believing is just a sprint when God has called our believing to be a marathon. Faith is about perseverance and endurance. Not about how quickly you finish. Where we stand today is a direct result of not only our faith in God, but our collective perseverance. Learning to trust God, even when you can't trace him. When it seems to be absolutely no evidence of God's presence or God's favor on your life. To continue to trust him in those moments when he seems silent. And how many of you realize that sometimes just because God is silent, it doesn't mean he's absent. It's only a test. For those scholars in the room, you recognize that whenever you took a test, the teacher was always silent. But the teacher was always in the room. The same is true for our God. So today I want to share a few thoughts with you about this tandem, this tag team called faith and patience. And I want, you to, I want you to hear what I'm going to say because the miracle that we have experienced is not just for our church, it's also for you. And if you're trusting God to do something on your behalf, I implore you, I beseech you to lean into what I'm about to share with you. Because it may be a word in season just for you to get you from here to there. Are y'all with me? Somebody say, there is more. Let's look at our anchor text. Our anchor text is lifted from a somewhat obscure passage of scripture. However, it gives us sort of the backstory of the life of a very notable character in scripture. In fact, this particular character is one of my favorite in all of scripture, and his name is Joseph. As we read Psalm 105, what we discover is the deleted scenes of Joseph's life. And these deleted scenes in these few verses we're about to read give us the backstory and the context of Joseph's life. Because what we see in Genesis chapter 37 is the final cut. As you begin to read Psalm 105, you see some of the deleted scenes that help you understand what's happening in Genesis chapter 37. Are y'all with me? Y'all ready for this? Here we go. Psalm 105, verse 17, and I'll read it from four translations just to help us understand the context of what the psalmist is recording in Scripture. Now, in the preceding verse, the psalmist begins to talk about the famine that came upon Egypt. But he jumps from talking about the famine now, and he introduces this character named Joseph. He starts by talking about the hard times that the Israelites experienced in Egypt. But he begins to also talk now about God's solution, even before the famine occurred. Are you listening to what I'm saying? 
God already had a solution before the problem started. Hmm. May I go a step further and say this? Every single thing that God has created, he created to be the solution to a problem that exists in the earth right now. Because nothing God creates is random, unintentional, or haphazard. Everything God creates is deliberate and intentional and on purpose. If that statement is true, that also means that there is absolutely nothing about your life that is accidental. That when God created you, he created you to be the solution to a problem that exists in the earth right now. And he wired you. He gifted you. He anointed you to be the solution to a problem that exists right now in the earth. And that's why we say here at Converge Church, who you are and what you were created to do is not for you to decide, it's for you to discover. Because God decided it a long time ago. When you were formed, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, Jeremiah 1 and 5, God had already decided the problem you were created to solve. So it's not for you to decide, Ray. It's for you to discover. Because God already decided it. It is God-appointed, not self-assumed. And so if you've ever wondered why you are where you are, you can start by saying, I'm right here, right now, because I am God's solution to a problem that exists right now. And the problem I'm created to solve is connected to who God created me to be. And that's where Psalm 105 begins. Because even before the famine, the scripture said God had already prepared Joseph. The only thing about that is Joseph didn't know that God had prepared him for this audacious task and responsibility of being God's solution to a seven-year and I wonder how many of us are here right now and we haven't truly discovered the problem we're created to solve. That's a loaded question. Because if what Dr. Miles Monroe said is true, all of us should be seeking to find the answer to that question. What problem was, was I created to solve? Because where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. I'll say that again. Where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. If you don't know the purpose for which a thing was created, you are bound to abuse it. The word abuse is a compound word. It comes from two words, abnormal use. And I wonder how many of us are abnormally using our time, our talent, and our treasure because we haven't discovered our purpose. And may I submit to you, if, that you only, if you only see your life as a hammer, everything's going to look like a nail. But how many of you realize that the solution to every problem is not a hammer? What if God created you to be a screwdriver? And some people go through life living as hammers when God created them to be something entirely different. And you're steady hammering the screw when God said you ought to be a screwdriver. 
and most of us go through life. And what we do is we don't realize that the problem is not your effort. The problem is your approach. The problem isn't that, isn't that you're working hard. The problem could be that you're not working smart. Because you haven't discovered your lane. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And in order to understand that, God gives us the, the character, Joseph. Notice the text. Psalm 105, verse 17. The scripture says, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laid in irons. Notice verse 19. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Somebody say it's only a test. Notice that verse. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Let me read it from a couple translations, and then we're going to dive into the message. The NIV rendering reads thus, and he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons till what he foretold, until what he said, until what he declared came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Can I stop there for a second? There have been moments and seasons in this journey when the response that people had for me and my wife, yeah, yeah, I know y'all said God called you. Show me the proof. When you gonna get out this movie theater? When you gonna have children's church every Sunday? We were meeting at the Angelica and the pastor of a much larger church in Dallas calls me up on the phone. They had already started meeting. Just listen, I could spit from the Angelica to where they were meeting. He calls me up one day, and he had no idea. It was the same day that I flew to Columbus because my mom was in a coma because she had had a brain aneurysm in the ICU. And he calls me up and said, Ray, our church is moving to North Dallas. When are you guys moving out the Angelica? Because we need a place to meet. My wife's here. We have been dragged. When I say dragged, not by unbelievers. Church folk who have said, Doc, if it's taken this long, you did something wrong. You dishonored somebody? You, 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 God ain't called you? Listen to me, listen to me. For 13 years, for 13 years, verse 19 says, till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of God proved him true. All of this, all of this, all of this is God's confirmation of what he called us to do. Every time we said, 
the Lord, the word the Lord gave us was, in this season, I will do more with less. And people say, well, I ain't see it yet, Pastor. At the beginning of this year, when the Lord gave us that word, let down your nets because there is more. And you will bring back, you will pull up a net-breaking, boat-sinking blessing. And people say, show me. I'm talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about church folk who have dragged us for years. Every single time we try to align with a church network, somebody had already gone in before us and said something demeaning about me and my wife. And doors closed. And I started asking myself, God, all we've done or all we've attempted to do is love your people. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. But in the process, God was doing something in me and in my wife that would create the capacity for us to be able to handle not only what he's doing now, but what he does next. Lord, what, this doesn't make any sense. Why it's so hard. Uh, 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 let me be careful, otherwise I'll, I'll digress. The New Living Translation says, Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Until the time came for God to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested his character. And I wonder how many of you are in that same place right now where it seems like your dream is on hold. May I submit to you, it's because God is testing your character. Can you be faithful in little? Can I trust you with manna? Can I, can, will you still trust me in the land of not enough before I bring you into the land of more than enough? I'm going somewhere with this. I just got to read the text and then we, we'll jump in. Uh, the Passion Translation says, but he had already sent a man ahead of his people to Egypt. It was Joseph who was sold as a slave. His feet were bruised by strong shackles and his Notice this, and what? His soul was held by iron. There are struggles you will face, adversity and opposition that you will encounter that is not only physical, it'll get to your head, and if you're not careful, it'll get to your heart. God's promise to Joseph purged his character. Until it was time for his dreams to come true. Say, Pastor Ray, why are you reading all of that to me? For this simple reason. 
I think God wants to give us perspective about our lives, about our situations, even about our trials and struggles that we may not fully appreciate yet. So here's Psalm 105, verses 17 through 19, deconstructed. I'm going to unpack this quickly, but the first thing we discovered in Psalm 105 Verses 17 through 19 is that first verse where the scripture says, but he had already sent a man of his people to Egypt, and it was Joseph. Pump the brakes. I thought his brothers sold him into slavery. Yeah, they did. But in his brothers selling him into slavery, God was sending him. Y'all not listen to what I'm saying. You think it's about them, but God could be using them to get you to where he needs you to be. The backstory of Joseph's life is not simply that he was sold into slavery by his own brothers. No, the truth about Joseph's life, when you see it from God's vantage point, is I sent Joseph. And in order to get Joseph... From where he was to where I wanted him, I used adversity. And the reason I used adversity is because Joseph wasn't ready at 17 for what I showed him would happen at 30. And I'm going to use adversity, not to destroy Joseph, but to develop him. Y'all hear that? The trouble you're going through is not for your destruction. It is for your development. We don't like that, though. We want things to happen on our own terms. So in Psalm 105, the psalmist says, it wasn't Joseph's brothers. Even though they sold him to slavery, it was really a sovereign act of God. It was a sovereign act of God. You see, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, Genesis chapter 37, 1 through 11 says it this way. Well, first of all, if we're going to deconstruct what's happening, we have to understand that God always has a purpose and he has a plan. He has a purpose and then he has a plan of execution. And so this is the plan unfolding. Genesis chapter 37 says it this way. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. When we're introduced to Joseph, we find that he's only 17 years old. But there's a problem in Joseph's family because his family is a blended family. Joseph stands apart because he was the son of Jacob's wife that he favored. Jacob had two wives. One of them he loved and one of them he despised. So naturally, when Jacob, Joseph is born, he loves Joseph because Joseph is the, the son of the wife that he loved. But it was a blended family. So now Joseph has preferential treatment. He is favored above his brothers, and it has caused animosity and resentment. And whenever his brothers would go out to the field, he would bring back a bad report about them. What we discover about Joseph at 17 is that he has a dream, but the dream is bigger than him. Because his naivety betrays him. 
So he comes from the field with his brothers, and he, he's a tattletale. Now, naturally, if you're a tattletale on your older siblings, what's going to happen? You're not making any friends. Are you with me? The truth is, even in his immaturity, God still called him. Because God does not call perfect people. God uses us in spite of our imperfections. Not only was Joseph naive, there's probably a little bit of pride in Joseph too. I'm saying all of this because there are things in our lives that can hinder and delay God's plan for our lives. And God in his love and his providence will delay the promise until he works out character in us. Not only was Joseph young and immature, but Joseph had a little pride issue. Are y'all with me? Anybody who has two dreams and goes to his brothers and says, listen, all, y'all, all, y'all, all of y'all going to bow down to me, has some pride issues. Let me just talk about pride for a second and how God has to deal with that in our lives. Let me tell you the evidence that someone might be walking in pride, and we see it play out in Joseph's life. The first thing we discover about pride is that pride has no relational filter. Pride will say whatever, whenever, to whomever. It's crazy, though, when someone has pride as a stronghold in their hearts, it's amazing how unaware they become. They are oblivious to what is obvious to everybody else. And so here's Joseph telling his brothers, all of y'all bow down to me. And the people that he's talking to absolutely despise him. Pride will always cloud one's judgment because the center of your life and the center of your focus is always you. God had to break Joseph of his self-centeredness. So God had a plan to send Joseph and gave him dreams, two dreams of his greatness. But in order for him to actualize his greatness, God had to strip him of the thing that would eventually destroy him. Imagine Joseph being prime minister of Egypt with a heart full of pride. It would have destroyed Joseph and everyone connected to him. And I wonder how many things about our lives have simply been withheld because there are some things in us that God knows will destroy us if they're not dealt with. So how does God do it? He takes us through a process. The scripture says, Joseph was sold as a slave and his feet were bruised by strong shackles and his soul was held by iron. And God's promise to Joseph purged his character. Can I say this to you? You got to know your audience because not everybody will believe in your dream. The first indication that we see in the scripture that Joseph isn't ready for the size of the dream is because he didn't know his audience. And the first recognition of knowing your audience is not everybody will believe in your dream. Unguarded words will activate opposition against your dream. 
Y'all hear what I said? Unguarded words will attract opposition to your dream. So if you don't know your audience, you may be sharing the dream with the wrong person. And there's three kinds of people typically in your audience. Number one, people who will dismiss your dream. Oh, yeah, pff, that's just Ray and Wendy talking, pff, whatever. And they put no merit or value on, their dream, on your dream because of how they see you. That's just Ray and Wendy talking, pff, whatever. And there are people in your life, if you're not careful, if your words are unguarded because of your pride, because, oh, yeah, God gave me this dream. God gave me this vision. And you share your vision with the wrong people. They might dismiss your dream, and your dream will die on arrival because of how much value you put on the approval of men. And your dream may die prematurely because you put too much value in the words of people who simply dismissed it. If you don't know your audience, you might even share your dream with people who will despise the dream. And that was the situation with Joseph's brothers. They didn't dismiss the dream. You know what I said? They despised him. They hated him all the more that he had the audacity to dream. And there are people around you, if you are not guarded with your words because of pride... who will despise you because of your dream. Here's the third thing. Third thing, there are people who will try to destroy you because of your dream. Now, notice what I said. They will try to destroy you. They will try to destroy you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. They will try, but they will fail every time. Because no weapon formed against you when you are in the will of God, will prosper. And every single tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. God takes us through a process. And that process will purge our character. The scripture says this concerning Joseph, that Joseph was a slave in Egypt and he was a prosperous man. That's a paradox. That someone can be a slave and be a prosperous man. That he was in Potiphar's house and nobody could hold him down. He was falsely accused and thrown into prison. But they made him the, the, the chief uh, 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 responsible for everything in the prison. And one day he was elevated from the prison to the palace. Even though his brothers tried to destroy him. What process are you going through right now? that God is taking you that looks absolutely nothing like your dream. The third thing that verse says is, it happened, this testing and this process continued until it was time for his dream to come true. And this is where I'm going to land as I end today's message. God has a dream for you. Hmm. The problem is, most people live with the dream, but they never step into their purpose. I hope you all heard that. It is possible to live with a dream in your heart and carry a dream in your heart, but never step over into purpose, which is the fulfillment of the dream. God wants to move you. 
God wants to move you in your life personally from just dreaming about a thing to living it out. And sometimes the way he has to do that is he has to develop character in you. The kind of character that will sustain you at the next level. It is possible for your charisma to take you places your character can't keep you. Your charisma can get you there, only your character can keep you there. And God in his mercy and his kindness sometimes withholds the promotion because he knows if I promote him or her to that next level, the very thing they desired will destroy them. And what God is doing with Joseph seems cruel, it seems unkind, but God says, I can't, I can't allow you, Joseph, to sit on the throne with that same attitude that everybody going to bow to me. It's one of those things in scripture that we gloss over, but it is the very premise of the 13 years of character development that Joseph goes through. Because Joseph had a dream for 13 years and didn't step into purpose until he was 30. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I said, Pastor Ray, why are you telling me all of this? I think God wants all of us to do a heart check. It's about three weeks ago, and I don't think I even told my wife this. And we were... Everything was falling into place. There were a couple of delays here and there. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, Ray, now that you're about to step into this building debt-free, what would you do if I called you to something else? And immediately, listen to me, immediately, my response to the Lord was, that's okay. I promise you, if today, right now in this moment, God said to me and Pastor Wendy, there's something else I have for you to do, oh my goodness, I wouldn't even hesitate to give the deuces. Because the same God who did this is the same God who's going to do that, whatever that might be. And you know that God has completed the purpose when the thing you've been waiting for for years no longer has you. There could be some things in your life that have been delayed simply because those things still have you. They still control you. They still own you. Your motivation in life is about proving something to them. And God can't bring you into authority. And God can't bring you into power. And God can't bring you into influence as long as you have those things lurking in your heart. You know how I know those things are in your heart or might be in my heart? The way I do a heart check is I listen to my mouth. Jesus said it this way. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is coming out of your mouth, good or bad, reveals the condition of your heart. Jesus said, out of the good treasure in a man's heart will come good things. Out of the evil treasure in a man's heart will come evil things. And I know that my heart isn't healthy when I'm saying toxic things. And the evidence that you're not ready for the throne, the evidence that you're not ready for the palace is still in what you're saying. 
your heart's not healthy yet. And God in his love will delay it until you're ready for it. Mm. Can, I, can I just help you before I wrap up? Why, why, why would Joseph brag? About the dream that God had given him. He, he, number one, he bragged because his heart was unhealthy. And the truth is, if you have a problem with your mouth, you got a problem with your heart. Pride must be heard. Pride must have a voice. Anyone who has trouble restraining their thoughts could have a pride issue. And y'all have heard me say it here multiple times that pride in its essence is insecurity playing dress up. You just have to tell them how amazing you are, how good you are. That's still evidence of an unhealthy heart. Mm. Can I also say this? You don't make your light shine brighter by blowing out somebody else's candle. And I know my heart's not healthy when my motivation is always to one-up somebody else. God had to deal with that in Joseph's heart in order for his promise to come to pass. Pride always interrupts because pride's opinion is always better than everyone else's. And the reason for that is we use that to cover up our insecurities and our feelings of inadequacies. Your question is then why would God give Joseph a dream of greatness? Let me tell you the answer. Why would God give Joseph two dreams of greatness? To expose the pride in his heart. There are things that God shows you. Dreams that God puts in your heart, not only because that's what he's called you to do, but it will also expose the condition of your heart. There are opportunities. Listen to me. Somebody needs to hear this. There are opportunities that you will be presented with that are not your opportunities to take, but you have made bad decisions, bad choices because of your pride. And that opportunity was only presented to expose the pride in your heart. And because you took the opportunity... Because of the pride in your heart, not a God-informed decision, you're stuck with the consequences. Somebody needs to hear. That is a word for somebody this morning. The question is, God, why did you do this? No, 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 no. The opportunity presented, there was pride in your heart, and you took a bad opportunity. And sometimes God will give us, show us things that are probably for us, but not for us now. He has to take us through the process of dealing with the things that are in our heart so that we can become good stewards of the opportunity when it does come. Lord Jesus. So here it is. God may have given you the dream in your head, but he still has to work some things out in your heart. He may have given you the dream in your head, but he still has to work some things out in your heart. Why is that true? Why is that true? It's true simply because if you can't handle the dream, 
God can't trust you with the destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If God can't trust you with the dream, he can't trust you. If you can't handle the dream, God can't trust you with destiny. You say, Pastor, what does that have to do with anything? What I've shared is just a simple, simple sort of cliff notes of the journey that we have been on as a church. I wish our story was a Hail Mary story. Like some churches, where you start the church, and six months later, it's a mega church. Sometimes if we're not careful as leaders, that will become the measure of success. Every single time I've been to a conference, first thing I say, hey, man, where do you pastor? Oh, yeah, I'm in the North Dallas area. Second question, how many are you running? Listen, that's the pastor's way of sizing you up. Oh, my church is bigger than yours, so I'm going to put you in a box. When we don't recognize that influence and impact is not measured by numbers, it's measured by life change. Are y'all with me? And listen to me, I wish our story were different. I wish all of this would have happened year one because there are stories of that. But God had a different journey for us. There are some churches that are Hail Mary churches, right? Come on, somebody. But there are some churches that are up the middle churches where you grind this thing out one yard at a time. And as you do, God develops character, Christ-like character in you. I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you are right now. But the first thing I want you to say, I want you to see is don't make it about them. Joseph could have made it about them. And that's what we often do. We put the wrong frame around our pain. And that's why when his brothers came to him, Joseph had the right perspective. He said, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for my good. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. Joseph didn't get into the palace until he changed his perspective. When Joseph realized it wasn't my brother selling me into slavery, God sent me. Then God elevated him. I wonder how many of people are stuck because they put the wrong frame around their pain and they don't recognize that God was in it all along. Ooh. That's hard to wrap our minds around, that God would bring us into a hard place. But he did it even with his own son, Jesus. Luke chapter 4 says, Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And after being tempted, he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say frames. Frames have a way of freezing time. I can take a picture of me and my family, put it in that frame, and it freezes time. That's what we do with life emotionally. We can take a moment from our lives, my brother sold me into slavery, and put it in a frame, and that frame becomes our prison permanently. I wonder how many of us are held back from God's purpose and God's promise because of the wrong frames. You know, the truth is, God said it this way to Adam. Whatever you call it, that's what it is. When, when, when the animals were going before, whatever Adam called it, that's what it became. 
He said, Pastor Ray, what does that mean? I promise you, this is my third and final close. Whatever you choose to call that moment in your life is what it will become to you. Whatever you choose to call that picture in that frame. Oh, yeah, that was vacation in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah, that was Aruba. Oh, that's that missions trip to Africa. Whatever you choose to call that moment in your life is what it will become to you. Whatever memory you assign to it, whatever meaning you assign to it. But Joseph, at the end of his life, recognized that this wasn't them, this was God. You meant it for evil, but God, you intended it for my good so here it is faith doesn't make life easy faith makes life possible this journey hasn't been easy but because we've trusted God and when I say we I mean this collective body of believers because we have trusted God every step of the way it hasn't been easy but God has made it possible Last thing I'll say, I'm going to close right here. Is this the fourth close? Fourth and final. Joseph has two sons. And this is my prayer for our church. And this is my own prayer. In fact, when I ran out of this sanctuary, and I was lying prostrate, ooh, I got to forget, because sometimes I say the wrong, prostrate. I almost said that other one. When I was lying prostrate, <laughs> When I was on the floor, laid out. <laughs> Let me say the right word. Prostrate. And the men gathered around. Balling uncontrollably. In the light of the miracle that God has done for us. But even beyond that, in that moment, this is what the Lord reminded me of. And I posted this on Instagram, and it's my prayer right now. Because Joseph had two sons. And the first son, he named Manasseh, which means the Lord has made me forget. And then he had a second son, and he named him Ephraim, which means the Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Listen, as we move forward into the new, the new chapter as a church, you know why I was bawling? My prayer was, God, make me forget. Make me forget every stone that was thrown at me, thrown at my wife. Make me forget every lie that was spoken. Make me forget every door that was closed maliciously. Every untruth spoken. Every jab and every stab. Because, God, I want to move from Manasseh to Ephraim. Make me forget so that I can be fruitful. Make me, you know those frames that you have that, or oh, what's the thing called? The, the thing where you could draw on and then you could slide it. Etch-a-sketch. Some of us need an etch-a-sketch moment with our past right now. God calls me to forget so that I can truly be fruitful. In Jesus' name. I had three movie clips that I didn't even get to. And it's from one of my favorite movies. I guess it's a movie, not a franchise, but a sequel to one of my favorite movies, Top Gun Maverick. 
we didn't get to it. There were some incredible things I was going to share to it, but as you all know, my mind and my head is all over the place this morning. But listen to me. This is a brand new season, not just for our church, but even for you. Lord, would you help us forget? Yeah, somebody needs to hear that. Let me just pray that now. Father, would you help us forget? Clean slate. Fresh start. God, this wasn't them selling us into slavery. It was you sending us to Egypt. And God, we admit there were some things in our own lives that, needed to, that we needed to deal with. God, you needed to grow us into the size of the dream. And for that, God, we're truly grateful. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that for everyone here who has been hurt or harmed, mistreated and abused, that God, we would see your perspective, what they meant for evil. God, you have used for my good and for your glory. It wasn't them selling me into slavery. God, it was you sending me to Egypt for divine purpose in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. 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 All righty. So before we go on, oh I'm going to interrupt because oh, as we are forgetting, we're also remembering. And you, we have a surprise for you. You do. Oh boy, are you and in so, on this? No, I wasn't. You weren't. Oh wow. Mm -mm. And okay. so Is it's it a make surprise. Me cry? Yes. <laughs> it's been uh, long oh boy. coming. Yeah. And so the surprise arrived today. Wow. Remember the other day we were driving in the car and I said before the building closed like two weeks ago, I was getting so antsy and a little bit embarrassed that I almost prayed to the Oma. I only prayed to Jesus. I almost said, Oma, could you talk to, to you talk to Jesus? This is our riding in the car, but Jesus hears me. Because I was thinking, what is going on? When we closed on Thursday, that was our fifth closing date so I almost went there but my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus but I almost said oh my could you could you ask Jesus do you see us yeah. Yeah. but I yeah. think even Jesus heard that so this I, gift I is I just, for you no nope, no it's my turn okay, my bad and so today as you were running out getting your shout on guess who stopped by the oh, oh my. Wow, wow. So we wow. have this gift in the making wow. from our very own Kia Gibbs. Kia. Wow. And she did a painting of the Oma because when the Oma. <laughs> came to live with us when we were starting this journey in 2011. We would catch her on her knees in Levi's nursery. Believe in God. And you know, I almost said, I wish she was here, but I do believe in open heavens and I do believe she is here. 
Kia, where are you? If you could just come. Kia Gibbs, are you still here, Kia? Where is she? Come here, Kia. Kia, you just thought you finished a painting, but the timing of how God moved you was absolutely impeccable. And what you did, your gift. Thank you is an understatement. But thank you. So the Oma will be here with us because of you. Stay here. So sometimes she was just doing what she does. And she thought she was just doing something, but that it would come today. That we would close on the ninth month on a $9 million building. So I'm so glad I didn't pray to the Oma. I'm so glad. Jesus, he's just that kind of God. He knew it was in my heart. So he said, I'm going to let you know I heard you. I'm going to let you know this is not from the Oma. It's from Jesus through Kia. Because Oma is before the throne, worshiping. She sent up, it says that her prayers went up to God as incense in golden bowls. It says that in Revelation. But I do know in all the accolades we can give to our collective faith, my husband had a praying mama. <laughs> he had a praying mama. And I know she is ever making intercessions today. So. I thank God for these tears. He's been holding this in for 11 years. So we thank you. We thank you for your gift and that you used it to heal a heart we thank you for that thank you thank you she kept sending me pictures she said is this good and it's just so perfect and we're gonna let Oma have her proper place here so all that praying she's done that legacy she left you it's in full operation My mother-in-law, for those of you who don't know, and we are going to close, my mother-in-law had gone and helped her pastor's wife, it was February 3rd, 2019, set up the communion table at church. I remember it because it was Super Bowl Sunday. And they said that the Oma, she sat down next to her good friend, Mary. They called each other good friend. And then the Pape. So there was a Pape on one side, Oma in the middle, good friend on the other side. The Oma said, oh, good friend, let me see the program. And when Auntie Mary handed her the program, the Oma was gone. She said, oh, Elizabeth, why you chuckle out the thing on the floor? 
and she looked up. And so we believe God for seven days. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed. We listened to the doctors and we prayed. So even in the midst of all of this, we still have our questions before the Lord, but God is still good and he's still faithful. So for those of you who have hung in there, we thank you for your faithfulness to God, your faithfulness to the call here at Converge Church. We thank you because I know Pastor Ray said, could you do it? And she's so shy. I know I'm just interfering in all of her personal space now. She was like, oh, I don't want to do it and I don't want to mess up. But you let the Lord use you and you did it. And it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. So thank you for capturing faith and prayer and goodness and legacy. We thank you so much. And we believe that God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond for you for just this thing. So thank you for stepping out on faith, pushing through your shyness, and still getting it done. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. We're gonna let we're gonna allow you all to go. We're gonna ask that you stick around for a little bit of fellowship. We gonna give uh, Pastor Ray some concealer and some powder so we can take pictures. We want to take pictures with you all and mark this day as a day of remembrance. So if you all could stand up, please. We have bop, popsicles and bunt cakes that for you to have, and you must take them all. Because, yeah, it's, I'm still fluffy around my edges from the COVID-19 2022 I put on. But I'm getting delivered <laughs> in Jesus' name. If you could lift your hands for us right quick, I'm going to give you a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a wonderful day. We love you. We'll meet you outside. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchatweareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.